Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Intersectionality Dialogue podcast, where we talk about the book of the month and have a discussion about the themes and some key details of the book. For the month of October, we are going to be discussing Beloved by Toni Morrison. If you haven't already, uh, follow us on Instagram at FAS, F-A-S-S, underscore Social Justice Book Club for weekly updates. Um, I'm Rose. I'm a BSW student and I go to UOttawa. And my name is Elena and I'm from York University. I'm also a BSW student. My name is Margaret. I'm also a BSW student and I go to Carleton. Now let's get into some questions. So did you like the novel? Why or why not? Margaret, do you want to go first or should I go first? Sure, I can start. Um, I personally enjoyed the book. It did take me a little bit to get a hang of uh, Morrison's style of writing and kind of the reflections that she does between past and present. Um, But once I got over that, I did really enjoy it. And it will be one that I go back and reread, I think. Honestly, if I'm going to be honest with you, I'm kind of like half and half with this novel because like you said, it was really confusing at first, especially for anyone who's reading it for the first time. For instance, like as a first time reader, there was a lot of things that I didn't understand, especially at the beginning, the iconic 124 was spiteful, full of a baby's venom. And I was like, what the hell does this mean? (laughs) I was really confused. And then also like throughout the novel, it's usually like, um a third person like narrative but then sometimes they would switch narrative they'd show like sets and then they'd show like polities and I'm, I'm just sometimes I was just really confused over like whose narrative it was so that's why I'm like on the fence about whether I like this book or I don't like this book fair <laughs> completely fair um did anything get your attention in this novel um I think for me um with all of like the research that we had to do for the posts and stuff like that, one thing that stuck out was like the symbols, for example, like the color red, um, cause I was looking at it today and there was a whole bunch of different um, kind of like explanations of why they used it in different times. And then I went back and was kind of reading before we were recording this. And I noticed there was a couple other parts where they like mentioned the color red and like when, um, Paul D first comes to the house there's like little glimpses of it so I thought that that was interesting like piecing it all together even the book covers read too right oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for me for me like I mentioned earlier because it was like so like Morrison ten- tended to like jump from narrative to narrative so it so beloved is uh kind of like written in like fragments so, so it's basically forcing me to like use a little bit more of my brain power to piece together like what she's trying to say. It's like telling me to like melt, melt together like all these pieces and try to like try to understand what she's trying to say. I see. <laughs> so do you believe the concept of beloved is still relevant today? And if so, how? Because I know the the, the main concept is basically around slavery so for me in my opinion I don't think it's relevant today but I do think that like the effects of slavery is still relevant today because I do I have we we've seen in those characters that they experience a lot of 
the a lot a lot of things because of like the trauma of slavery for example paul d tends to have this something something akin to like disassociation for example um i believe he he at that time there was like this screaming but he couldn't tell whether it was from him or someone else so that kind of stuff the trauma i believe is still very much relevant today yeah just going off of that i think like the dealing with trauma because that what we saw quite a lot of throughout the book was like Seth facing the traumatic events that like happened through I, ag- I agree and he, and I, I would like to mention that the the whole slavery thing it basically affected their psychological well-being you could tell from Paul mm-hmm. yeah but I think in that aspect like dealing with trauma and then the impact on like the community dynamics or like self-identity like you were mentioning Elena Mm -hmm. I think those are definitely still relevant today so going off of that how did the novel make you feel Margaret would you like to go first (laughs) (laughs) um I think it definitely I don't know how to word this um I think it made me realize how little I know pardon it opened your eyes quite a bit yeah like situations yeah um, this was more of like a personal take on mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's on hard to explain place. right mm-hmm. and like eye-opening I think Rose that was a good descriptive word of it mm-hmm. the most I got in high school was like I had anything to do with like black history was um to kill a mockingbird mm, yes, that, yes like it's nowhere near the same as this novel yeah well for me <laughs> I feel like I'm the um I feel very conflicted with like this novel, especially when it comes to Seth's actions. Uh, the part where she killed her daughter, okay. I personally myself cannot imagine trying to kill my own kin. But then again, I have never experienced like what slavery was like. So, I mean, I've tried to like think and put myself into her shoes, but it's really hard to imagine and understand the impact of slavery, especially if like you've only read about it. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the, but the fact that you can understand that slavery is that bad that Seth's willing to kill her own daughter, like that really puts it into perspective. But even right now, I kind of feel still conflicted, but like, because I really cannot like think just because I haven't experienced slavery, I can't, I'm a little bit on the fence of, with Seth's action. Completely fair. It is hard to, to really understand what was going through her mind and stuff, mm-hmm. and what she actually went through. Mm-hmm, but, exactly. You know, you know how mothers are with mm-hmm. their children and she mm-hmm. had other children as well. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she already had these other children and she didn't want this one to go through what she went through Mm-hmm. so badly to the point that she felt the need to murder her I feel like that's it's like astonishing to know that it was so bad that she felt like that was a necessary step to save her her daughter exactly yeah like dying was better than anything that Seth had gone through exactly see is the concept is the the, the story is really I can't put it to words to be honest quite heavy heavy yes mm-hmm. so how did you guys feel about the way that the novel was written do you did you find any pros and any cons 
Um, I think just relating back to like how I liked the book, I did enjoy the style once I got a hang of it, but I think that could also double as a con um, because Elena, like you mentioned, like it was quite tricky to get into at first. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that could deter some people. Uh, I guess another pro I would say is like how Morrison really showcased the impact of slavery and social class because, well, slaves at that point, they, didn't, they weren't really considered humans. They didn't even have a social class at all. They were just treated as property. Oh, well, we all noticed that the writing in this novel is very difficult to really grasp. And I feel like we kind of felt the same way last month, reading A Room of One's Own, where the writing was, a, it was so peculiar that it was also quite hard to get into. Right, that's a good comparison. So if this novel was written by a non-Black person, this exact novel, everything in the novel is the exact same, but it was written by someone who was not Black, what type of reception do you think it would have received? And how do you think you would have perceived sure. it? Uh, well, I, I, it was, the novel was written in 1987, so I believe if it was written at that time, I, I'd on, I honestly do think that it'd still be popular to an extent, but obviously, uh, as our society progressed, you know, we start to be a little bit more critical, look at things with a critical lens, so it, looking at it now 2020 2021 and if it was still written not written if it was still written by like a white person or something like that who's not black I don't think in, I don't think in 2020 or 2021 it's probably not going to be looked at fondly anymore because because if if a person that if the person that wrote it didn't experience or like their ancestors didn't experience slavery then I kind of me personally, I kind of would feel like weirded out by that. Like, who are you? Who gave you permission? Well, I guess it's not about permission. Like, who gave you? Who gave you? I guess the right to write about something like your community has an experience. I don't know if I'm like wording that right. No, I think you are. Like, um, Rose, I know you mentioned it, but like the, I'm blanking on the word now. It's like not genuine. Yeah, that's it. Um, but like writing from a perspective that you you haven't experienced or like you haven't been put in that position, I don't think. So Margaret, how would you have perceived it, reading it today, written by a non-Black person? Or how do you think society would have received it or perceived it in the past? Well, I think Elena's on, like, I agree with her point. Mm. Um, but I think just like, if it was somebody white who wrote about it, like they wouldn't have written it in the same way. I don't think like it could have been the exact same, but it just wouldn't, I don't know. It was like heavy for a reason. And I think the reason is like that it it was true. Like it was based off of, yeah. Hmm. Whereas if it was like a white writer who did it, I don't think it would feel like that, if and that makes sense. Yeah, it would it wouldn't come off the same way. It wouldn't feel as emotional or as um I guess hard hitting if it was written by someone who had not gone through that. Yeah, because then you're just pulling from like other people's experiences, and then it's like, oh, but he said that she said that 
Mm-hmm. And I agree. Like um, I believe like Rose mentioned earlier, like before before we started recording that Morrison was experiencing some type of um hardship, you know, during this time as an author in the 1980s. Moving away from the novel a bit, let's get into its subject matter and social links. I was thinking we could talk more about the concept of slavery versus mental health. If you guys have any thoughts on that, whether it be from the book or in today's society. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to touch on the topic of slavery in present times, but I could tell you that at least like the experiences of um, Latin, I guess, um, marginalized communities, like they can, uh, they often still feel that intergenerational trauma, and often that that does affect their mental health. Uh, I guess to be honest with you, I think their health in general. Like um, through, we've seen through multiple researches, um, like the social determinants of health, such as like we can see that there's usually disparities with with like education, gender, ethnicity, income. Those all of those will will tend to influence like a person's health. Definitely agree. Without the social determinants of health, obviously mental health can't really thrive either. And I definitely see what you mean about intergenerational trauma. We see it with a lot of marginalized communities, especially with indigenous people and black people and really anyone who has gone, anyone who has had ancestors go through slavery. And it is very tough to I guess, learn how to cope with something like that because, you know, you personally did not go through it, but you still feel it after multiple generations. Building off of that, I think the repercussions of it are still present today as well. For example, within like the healthcare system. Definitely, medical racism. Yeah, so it was something that was like inherently built into the system. If like you grew up, in a system that was inherently like prejudiced or like racist towards you Mm. why would you like seek out support in that system if you needed help 100% agree all right so if there's nothing else you guys would like to discuss I think we should move on to uh the creation of our book club Finally, it is here. Finally, not here here yet, but we plan to start um, near the end of November. So in about a month, um, we're going to be doing streams on Twitch where we just uh, interact with our audience, discuss the book of the month, talk about themes, really anything anyone wants to, wants us to talk about, anything we want to talk about, and we'll be streaming that and probably also posting the snippets of the streams onto YouTube for people who don't like Twitch or anything like that. So watch out on our social media platforms for any updates or changes to our book club. And next month's book will be, drumroll please. (laughs) I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. Very exciting, very exciting. (laughs) So that is all the time we have for today. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Intersectionality Dialogue podcast. Stay tuned for new news about our updates uh, regarding the book club, regarding 
really anything we're posting about, which will all be book related. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at F-A-S-S underscore social justice book club. Bye. Bye. Bye.